amazing visitors joining us. Uh, one, of the, one of the cool things to have this morning is, is a couple of the pastors from the past. And so this morning we have the, uh, the pastor that, that actually uh, planted the church here in Bradford and uh, bought the property. His name's uh, Brian Rennick. He's here uh, with his family. So Brian, would you just come and share a couple of words? You give him a hand. We're here because, you know, Brian's done some stuff. Thank you. It was almost 30 years ago. It was the first Sunday of January 1985 that we held the first service. And uh, people came out of the woodwork. We had let a few people know that we were going to be starting the church. We bought a home in the community. But uh, the third Sunday, third Sunday, we had 75 people out. And the thing just, people just began to come out of the woodwork. And uh, so it was so exciting to, to be part of that. Uh, as you were leading with your guitar this morning, it reminded me that, that I actually, you know, I didn't lead from the piano, Glory. I, I led with a guitar because we had a piano player that came to the church. She played excellent by ear, but she only knew how to play in two keys, C and six flats. No kidding, C and six flats. So I used my capo <laughs> to good use. But uh, it's just a privilege to be here and to join with you in the celebration today. And uh, we purchased the land from the guy who owned the construction site right next door. But uh, we moved on before the building program and that, but it's, it's good to be here and to see the place full and the worship that is taking place here. So to, today, as everybody knows, I know that he talked about 30 years earlier. Today we're celebrating 20 years in this building, and I just wanted to say something about that. There is a blessing to having a place to worship. I just want you to know that there are those, there are many congregations that are meeting in schools and other common places and leasing out space. I'm telling you, if you were to talk to each one of those ministers, they would love to have what we have. They would love to have what we have. And in the Old Testament, they were excited when they built the temple that this would be a place that they could gather and worship their God. And so that's why we celebrate today that God has blessed us through the faithfulness of Christians, through the faithfulness of, of countless amount of people investing their lives into this place. And so I just wanted to clarify that just because if you're doing the math, you're probably like, well, it says 20 years. But just wanted you to know that's what we're celebrating today. So I, next I want to introduce is Pastor Phil Carroll, and he's coming, he's coming to share. He was the pastor after Brian, and it's great to have him back. Great privilege to be here to celebrate with you today. This is exciting. It's exciting for me to look at all the faces I don't know and, uh, and just say, praise God, that's just wonderful, and the worship was great today, and... You guys are doing a great job, and there's so many people I do know getting to hug and share and try to remember all the names and, and get a hold of that. I came five years after, and it was great to come and build on such a great foundation that Brian put there. We, we were in a yellow building in behind the Children's Services building. We were renting the place back in there, and it was uh, they had already put some groundwork in place to have something here, and they did that. And, uh, and uh, so I just kind of finished off some of that work, and we got that. You might have seen the one picture. They had a little bit of a blue modular building on the side. We had a modular building that was up behind here, five pieces. It's like five portables all stuck together. 
And uh, that allowed us actually to double in size. By that time, we were able to get a little bit bigger. Uh, we stayed in that until 94, and in the spring of 94, we put this building up. Because of the district, uh, they had put together a program called MOTIVE. Motive um, um, now, I had that in my head, uh, Ministry of Trade in Volunteer Effort. And uh, we had that going, and there were over 200 volunteers from across Western Ontario District that came here and built this building. And uh, I didn't build it. I did a lot of running around getting the supplies so volunteers could build it. And every so often, I put my hand on a few things that, were, that happened. So we just, I just want to tell you one story. There's not enough time to go through all that. I served nine years here, and just what a blessing it was uh, to be a part of that. Just, I want to say when they put this building up, it was a blessing to us. Uh, we finished it around May. And, and uh, now that summer... We, we, we just had a real tough time financially um, because, you know, when you go to, into a building program, there's some people that say, oh, that's wonderful and that's great. And then there's other people that go, oh, no, there's a big financial weight that comes on you when you do something like that. So our numbers did drop partly because of that. So by the time we moved into the building, we were only about like 40 people. And that's a little hard. That's a little difficult. But I want to commend your leadership. They laid it a strong groundwork. The, the leaders and the board that I served with in that summer said, we're going to keep tithing. We're going to keep tithing and giving and tithing to the district. And it was hard to do. And we were phoning some guys over that summer. But come the fall, God worked a miracle for us. Pretty much every Sunday, I could count it, every Sunday, a family joined the church. Some of them, when they joined, they started tithing that very Sunday. They started giving that very Sunday. And by the time, by the, time uh, the Christmas time hit, we were averaging somewhere around 75 to 80 people, and our offerings had gone up like 60 or 50%, and we were able to cover and care for everything plus a little bit. Isn't God amazing? That's the kind of stuff he did to put this building here, bringing 200 volunteers, taking care of the financial. Once we stepped out in faith and did it, so I encourage you and your pastor, just keep stepping out in faith. Just keep hearing from God and doing what he says, and you'll have an amazing ride. God bless. Well, thanks, uh, thanks, Pastor Phil. It's, it is, it's just a, it's, it's great to have that history, that historical context, just to remind us, of, uh, again, of God's faithfulness, that there are moments in our life that we just need to trust in God and continue to trust in his principles, and he'll be faithful, as we sang this morning. He is faithful, and that's what we're celebrating today. It's also great to have um, some local and, and provincial and, and, and federal politicians here today joining with us in our celebration. So I'm just going to ask Peter Van Loan, our member of parliament, to come and just share. Would you welcome him? Thank you very much, Pastor Shane, and uh, <clears throat> I had a great joke lined up, but I made the mistake of telling it to Pastor Shane behind him there during the video, and that, of course, was the one about the cake. There seems to be an awful lot of cake around here. I don't know why it is I would notice that of all people, but apparently it caught my eye. In any event, uh, I am delighted to be here uh, for the celebration of the 20 years of this building, and of course, uh, you're part of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, and before I entered into this public life job that I had, I used to... Uh, be a lawyer in uh, the private sector. And one of my clients was the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, who I helped do some work with. And it was work related to supporting people with housing in the community. 
And the reason I raise that is because we live in a world today where if you listen to the national media and so on, they say that we've got this separation of church and state, and there isn't really a place for people of faith in the community, in the public square, if you will. And that might be an American tradition. It's not the Canadian tradition. The Canadian tradition is that we do rely on people like the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, the Salvation Army, so many other faith groups to, in fact, provide those services, do that ministry, do better, even when they do get money from the government, but to do the job better than the government would because they're people who believe and people who genuinely care about their community and make a difference. And I'm very proud of that tradition, and I'm very proud to see it carried on here. Usually when I come to events like this, I talk about the incredible history, the centuries that you're carrying in a legacy. That's not the case here. You're actually a relatively small group with a relatively young history compared with some of what we have around us. But that's what makes it all more remarkable. You bear in your name the word Bradford Community Church. And there's this expression we have about people who punch above their weight. If I punch above my weight, that's quite impressive. I got a lot. <laughs> but this is a congregation that punches above its weight. The impact you have in your community, the difference that you make to people's lives, and the difference you make to the broader community goes well beyond the people that are here today. It goes all throughout this community. It's far more than you would ever expect a congregation of this size or this relative youth to have and that's something about which you can be very, very proud. I'm just going to read a, a certificate I have to you to congratulate you. Oddly, it says 25 years. We're going to have to fix that. <laughs> it's sort of a compromise. The building's 20 years old. The guest book has people signing 30 years old, or 30 somewhere years ago at somewhere. So we'll get you a proper one. But it says, congratulations on the, <clears throat> whatever it is, anniversary of the Bradford Community <laughs> Church. For years, the Bradford Community Church has played a significant role in the daily and spiritual lives of the people of this community. Uh, since 1985 as the Bradford Pentecostal Church and then transforming into the Bradford Community Church, this place of worship has undergone many changes growing with the times. For many years, the church has been a key institution in Bradford and York Simcoe that took hard work and dedication from many within the congregation to make this anniversary a reality. Today, the members of the Bradford Community Church carry a proud legacy. Best wishes as you mark this occasion and it's signed by me, Peter Van Loon. Congratulations. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's great to have Peter here, and it's also great to have Julia Monroe here. She is our member of our provincial parliament, and we would just uh, would you just welcome her? She just comes to share. Well, thank you very much, and uh, certainly it's a pleasure to be able to join you here this morning. You know, when I began thinking about 20 years, I thought, you know, it depends on what your position is, how long 20 years is. If you're 16 and looking to be 20, that's probably pretty exciting. But if you are um, older and you look back and you think, where did 20 years go? How did that happen? And so it's, it's all relative about how important it is. But here today, we know that it is a very important uh, milestone because it's a demonstration of the vitality of the community, of the church community. And today, um, more than ever, we need to have and share that vitality. And I think that at the same time as recognizing the accomplishment of building and uh, building the congregation, we also need to look at how 20 years 
is just a speck when you think of the length of time that people have gathered together to celebrate the Christian message. And so instead of 20 years, it's 2,000. But it gives us a sense of the importance and the, and the, the um, if you like, the fact that we've all been together uh, for 2,000 years. Uh, and what an exciting opportunity it means to have a 20-year anniversary as part of that. And so I'm delighted to be able to uh, uh, share with you the, um, the uh, achievement of 20 years and look forward to at least another 20 when we can get together and celebrate again. I too have a memento and it says, on behalf of the Government of Ontario, I'm honoured to bring greetings on the occasion of the 20th anniversary for Bradford Community Church. For years now, Bradford Community Church has been providing support and guidance to members. This church remains a symbol of the long-lasting efforts that have been made by its congregation, both past and present. While you celebrate the accomplishments of the past, today is yet another milestone for the Christian leadership of this community. Thank you very much. Thank you. Someone else is going to have to hang those plaques because I'm just, I'm just horrible at that. But we appreciate them so much, and we're so glad that you came and, and took time out of your schedules. And, and uh, last and certainly not least, we've got um, Doug White, our mayor from, from Bradford, West Glenway. And just would you just welcome him? Well, good morning, everybody. You know, I'll tell you something that doesn't happen in the Catholic Church, is you don't walk around saying good morning to everybody with a coffee in your hand in the middle of the service. I think we perhaps should incorporate that. And I also, I just want to say that uh, you wield the mean axe there, my friend, with the guitar. You know, the, the last time I heard such, uh, you know, such seamless music between a, a wind instrument and an acoustic guitar was the last time I saw Supertramp. So they've got nothing on you. Well done. I'm, uh, I'm blessed to be here today with my, uh, with my two beautiful daughters, Jamie and Jacqueline. Give a wave, girls. Say hi. And also members of council, I'm going to make a presentation, so I'm going to ask them to join me. Deputy Mayor Rob Keffer, Councillor Carl Horday, Councillor Raj Sandu, if you could please join me at the front. Thanks for coming, guys, and distinguished guests, it's, uh, it's a privilege to be here. Um, I just want to offer just very brief remarks before I make the presentation. All of us, regardless of our background, regardless of our faith, we're in this together. And what that is, is making our town better, step by step, brick by brick. And uh, we're a community that has you know, thousands of people that are dedicated to making things a little bit better. And that is true whether you're on council, we try and do our little bit those that coach our kids, mentor our kids, whether it's sports or dance or music or any of those things that we want to get them interested in, you know, whether it's those that are members of our 
our volunteer organizations, our service clubs, they do a wonderful, wonderful job. Those that own a business here who dedicate their time to, uh, and that's a major commitment, those people that do that, and they're in it too. And last but not least, certainly, is the dedication of our churches. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more with uh, what Minister Van Loan said about punching above your weight. When I attend events and I see uh, the organizational skill of the Bradford Community Church, it's, uh, it's very inspiring. I want to thank you for your dedication. You have made our community better. As your congregation grows, uh, celebration by celebration, I think it's wonderful. And as your mayor and as members of your council, we just want to say congratulations and best wishes. Job well done. So I'm going to present this, uh, you know what, let, let's just, uh, I'm going to give the other members of council who are with me just a, an opportunity to, to share brief remarks, if that's okay, Pastor Shane. So first, Deputy Mayor Rob Kepper. And it is a pleasure to be with you this morning, 20 years. I'm sure it's gone very quickly, but it is an opportunity to celebrate, and it's important to celebrate milestones. So just congratulations, enjoy today, and work towards another 20 years. Congratulations. Councillor Raj Sandhu. Thank you, Mayor White. Good morning, everyone. It, uh, it gave me a joy to walk in here, and I'm, I'm honored to be here to be part of the 20-year celebration. And it's not every day where I was looking at young Brianna over there dancing and Mrs. Walker behind there dancing. Uh, that's what it's all about. Uh, this church um, works with the youth, work with the kids, work with the seniors. We have been doing a great job, and we look forward to another 20, 40, 60 years. I plan to live 60 more years, and I'll be here again. Once again, congratulations, and thank you for having us here. And Councillor Carl Hordike. Uh, thank you, Mary White. Uh, again, uh, congratulations with, uh, with 20 years. It's nice to see so many uh, familiar faces uh, in the crowd. Pastor... Uh, Corey, I'm uh, ultimately impressed with your uh, musical talent. Uh, I always thought it was uh, writing tickets. And uh, what can I say? And uh, anyways, that's, it's so nice to see so many smiling faces. Congratulations with, uh, with 20 years. The time does fly. It, and uh, just like my hair, because 20 years ago I had a full head. And uh, today I have nothing. But uh, congratulations. I'm so happy you're part of our community. And uh, I look forward to uh, celebrating with you again uh, in another 20 years. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks again, uh, gentlemen, for joining me. And I just whispered into uh, Pastor Shane's ear about how many years uh, the, the Sunday after the Carrot Fest Family Fun Fair has taken place. And talk about going to bed one night and waking up years later. Eight years that's been going on. And this year, there were thousands of people, it seemed to me. That was... And uh, this year's Carrot Fest needed something exciting following the rain. <laughs> but just look at that event and how many volunteer hours goes into that. You know, it's incredible. Very, I, I'm, I'm very, very proud of that event. So on behalf of all of us, I just wanted to uh, offer this certificate of congratulations. And it simply says this. The Corporation of the Town of Bradford, Wisconsin, conveys sincere congratulations and best wishes to Bradford Community Church in celebration of your 20th anniversary. Congratulations on celebrating this milestone. May you continue to celebrate and share God's word and spirit throughout the community. 
It's dated myself. Dated today. <laughs> that would be creative. It's dated today and signed by myself. Ladies and gentlemen, best wishes to you all. Well, I'm so glad that I don't have a stain on my shirt like I did last week. <laughs> because of all the pictures being taken. So, uh, hopefully not. I mean, I don't even know. But it's, uh, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you coming. Uh, I think last, um, I just, I'm going to invite, in, uh, you know, the most significant person in the room to come and share the announcements. My wife, Pastor Becky Fitch. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're just going to take a quick moment to look at the bulletin, and I just encourage you to read it. I'm not going to take a lot of time. I know that we've had lots of chatting, and so we're just going to quickly just make mention that our small groups are starting next week, as well as our adult Bible study. So if that's something that you're interested in, especially the adult Bible study, if you could just let me know or Jason before you leave. That way they hear, there he knows how many to prepare for. That would be great. That starts at 9 o'clock. And the other small groups, you can see the more information in the, in the bulletin about that. Also, there is a guest book. If you're here, we would love it. It's just on the table at the back in the lobby. If you could sign it, we would just appreciate that so much so that we would have it to show for the next time we have this. So that would be great if you would like to, to do that. Before we, we're just going to have the ushers prepare. If you're visiting here today, please don't feel any obligation to give. This is something that we as regular attenders do as a way of worship and as a way of um, just thanking God for the many blessings that he has given to us. But this is in no way something that we ask or um, that you as a visitor do. So this is just something that our regular attenders can participate in. Or if, uh, please don't feel any obligation to, to do so. We're going to have the ushers come forward, and before, as they come, we're just going to remember Brenda Price has been taken to the hospital. She's one of our, our church members, and so she went to the hospital um, yesterday, last night, and so we're going to take this moment to just pray for her. It is wonderful to know that we can be faithful and that um, we are here in this building for 20 years, but we are here because of Christ, and he is the one. And he is the one who is able to continue to do miracles. It doesn't matter that it's 20 years to him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's pray and let's believe with his family. Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that you are a God who does not change. You are a God who is always with us. And Lord Jesus, you are a God who is not surprised. And so, Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can trust you. We thank you that we can rely on you. We thank you that you are our foundation and that nothing can shake that. And, Lord Jesus, today as we celebrate, as we rejoice, God, we think of Brenda, Lord God. We think of her family. And, Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would be with them, that you would surround them, that you would strengthen them. That, Father, when the fear 
of what may happen rises up within them, that you would calm those fears. That, Lord Jesus, you would, you would help them to remember that you are still able to calm the wind, to calm the, the rain and the storm, and you are able to do it all things. So, God, we pray for Brenda today, and we ask that you would heal her, that you would touch her. Lord God, you knit her together in her mother's womb. And Lord Jesus, we ask that you would just intervene and make things work properly. That God, you would just bring healing to her. That Lord Jesus, we would be able to rejoice. We would be able to sing your praises because you once again touched her life. So Lord Jesus, I pray that you would do it. God, I pray for those who are here, Lord, for the politicians who are here, our mayor, our deputy mayor, the counselors. Lord God, I pray for Mr. Van Loan and Mrs. Monroe, Lord God, and I just pray that you would bless them. I thank you for them, and I just ask that you'd give them wisdom, that you'd give them strength, that, Lord God, you would help them through the times that are ahead, Lord God, and that you would help them to know what to do, Lord Jesus. God, I just pray that you would be with us, that, Lord Jesus, as we continue to worship you, as we continue to give you our best, that, Lord, you would be glorified, that you would be our focus. In Jesus' name, amen. The morning sun was dead, the Savior of the world was falling his body on the cross his blood poured out for us the weight of every curse upon him One final breath he gave As heaven looked away The Son of God was laid In darkness A battle in the grave The war on death was waged The power of hell forever broke the ground begins to shake, the stone was rolled away, his perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? Our Where is your sting? Our resurrection. 
together in this place and God yes we can celebrate what you've done in the past but you are here right now in Jesus name and the power of the Holy Spirit involved in people's lives right now and God I just speak out in Jesus name for those who are in a broken state Lord for those who are in a hurting moment Lord God for Brenda Price as she lays in the hospital God we sing hallelujah for the lamb has overcome sickness we sing hallelujah the lamb has overcome shame and darkness and we stand here under the banner of Jesus Christ declaring his goodness and his amazing protection, provision, salvation for our lives. 
that we know that because we serve the creator of the universe, that in every situation and in every moment, God can help us a way through the circumstance. He can help us to overcome the circumstance, to overcome uh, the pain, to overcome the frustration. He is there because the Holy Spirit of God resides inside of us because of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we come to you today. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, I pray that people would walk away today realizing how great you are and that they would want to serve you, that they would want to give more of their lives to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're just going to ask uh, Ron Baker, our regional director, to come and just, uh, he's going to come and share and give something and also introduce uh, Pastor Lori as he comes to speak. Thank you and good morning everyone. Nice to be back in Bradford. I've been here a number of times over the years and uh, done some intensive workshops with the leadership on a few occasions and uh, it's happy to be, in, I'm happy to be included in this uh, very significant moment in your lives. Pastor Becky, would you come? I know that there's a lot of work that goes into an event like this. And we honor the pastors of the past. And they've all had a significant impact with their lives and ministries and the journey of this church that have helped prepare a foundation moving forward. I think it's very appropriate today that we pause for a moment, and I believe the Lord's pleased with this, to say thank you to you. Will you join me in doing that? Amen. Amen. I think I know you pretty well. You've done test things. <laughs> I've done the test. One of the things I know about you is you're very inclusive. And the thing that I sense about the atmosphere here today is that there's, there's no barriers among us. And uh, I've shared in many events just like this, but I have to tell you today, I'm deeply moved by the federal and provincial and municipal representation here today and the marvelous comments that came from your hearts and I can tell if it's from the heart and, and not just something you're saying, but you all meant that. And I just want you to all just say thank you to all these great people that have come to honor us today. We do that right now? Amen. You are welcome among us. Amen. And it's a privilege of mine to present yet another plaque or certificate here. You have to build another room just to put all these. I remember before you came here, I was working with the, the leadership, and um, I had submitted your name in here on behalf of the district, and uh, they went through like 30 names on the list, and they called me up and they said, we want more names. And I said to myself, 
I got to call the chairman. I don't know if he's here today, but I called the chairman and I said, there's a guy on this list that you really need to interview. And I'd like you to interview him as a committee. And his name is Shane Fitch. And they fell in love with him. And he fell in love with them and you. And he has a pastor's heart. and He's serving you well. And we thank God for that. And doing this role um, for 14 years now, every once in a while I step back and I say, wow, that's amazing. And you are amazing. You're doing great work here, and so I honor you today. God bless you. You're a personal friend of mine. Amen. Amen. I'd hug you too, but it's his job. Oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, presented to Bradford Community Church for continuing ministry to the glory of God by the West Natural District of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, September 21st, 2014. And then I selected Isaiah 52.7. 52.7 talks about the great impact that we can have on the world in which we live. And that's our mandate. So thank you. And it's an honor to present this to you. She wants one more. God bless you. Bless you. I'd like to introduce our speaker today. And he's a personal friend of mine. He's also my boss. But we chummed, out, chummed around together in, in uh, our teenage years. And uh, I was a drummer in a group that he was part of at one point in our history. And uh, ministry for both of us uh, has been a great opportunity. And I'd like to introduce our district superintendent, Reverend Lori Gibbons. We are part of a fellowship of churches of around 1,100 across Canada. And we have, in our district, uh, over 300 of those churches and uh, almost 1,000 credential holders in our, our district alone. And so our district superintendent comes uh, before us today as a man of God, a man who's a leader of leaders, and uh, a man with a great heart. And uh, I'd like you to give a warm welcome, Reverend Lori Gibbons. Well, it's a great honor and privilege to be here today and to participate in this event and to see this congregation worshiping together and fellowshipping together. And uh, this is an incredible group. Uh, this is a great church, Shane. Uh, you have given your heart and soul to leadership here, and it's obvious the people respond and the people are here and with you. I appreciate you and your wife, appreciate you and your family. We go back a long way, just even as your family is very much a part of my life, and I was in to see your dad the other day and just visit with him in the hospital, and so I appreciate you guys, appreciate the leadership you've given here. It's a, a, a great moment to come back to this facility and to see this church building and uh, to realize that when I was pastoring in Brantford, 
the men in our church at New Life became very involved in the Motive Project, and so I was involved with our guys in drywalling this room. And uh, so I have a personal investment in this building, uh, and uh, I was glad that other guys knew what they were doing, but uh, I just kind of come along for the ride. But I was here for about a week or more, uh, just being part of the building and establishment of this facility, and so it was pretty neat to come back and see this building and, and uh, what God is doing here. Uh, I do uh, congratulate you on all that's been accomplished in these years. Uh, I also remind you as a congregation that you never want your uh, memories to be greater than your dreams. You always want your dreams to be greater than your memories. And even though memories are a wonderful thing and we need to take time to remember, we also need to realize that the dreams are greater than the memories and God has greater things he's going to do in the days to come and there are greater things to be accomplished, and that we have a great future here in this facility and in this place and in this community and in this city. So I just believe that we need to be thinking that way this morning as we uh, journey through uh, the next number of years. And uh, it's, um, it's interesting to be in this setting uh, this morning and to experience the worship that we have experienced um, my wife and I, uh, even though I know that there's all kinds of apparent rockers here this morning, uh, my wife and I uh, like country music. Uh, I've told my sons there's only two kinds of music in the world, country and western, but they don't believe that. They, they, they don't agree with that. My wife and I always uh, spend about uh, 10 days in Nashville, and uh, one time when we were there, uh, we were going through a tour of the Country Music Hall of Fame. And uh, when we did that, uh, we went through a studio where Elvis Presley had created all of his music. And uh, when you went into that studio, that studio has now been closed and is part of the Hall of Fame tour. And there in that studio is all the original uh, equipment that Elvis used, and uh, the piano's there, all of the stuff is still there preserved for time. Uh, my wife is a, a great uh, uh, piano player, and so on the tour, I asked if my wife could play something on the piano. And the tour guide said, no, it's not allowed. And I said, oh, she's great. She'd do a great job. So he lifted up the rope and said, let's let her have a play. So I got a picture of her on Elvis's piano. <laughs> so uh, playing Amazing Grace. Interesting, though, the tour guide said that when Elvis would do a recording, he would come in about 10 o'clock at night with all of his, uh, his group, which always included a number of quartets. And then they would sit at the piano and sing hymns for about three hours before he'd record his first uh, recording attempt. He usually started to record about 1.30 in the evening and usually concluded about 4.30 a.m. with the product he wanted. But for three hours, he would have them sing hymns and worship and praise, I suppose before he would do that, every recording he did that on. It's an interesting thing to understand that even in the life of a guy like that, the understanding of the importance of worship and praise, regardless of what you think of Elvis. The point is this, that uh, he understood himself even as a great celebrity, the need he had to do that. And I come today with a very simple message. I realize the time. I know that I need to be conscious of that. 
I do not want to turn the morning into a Jerry Lewis telethon. I don't want to do that because we've had a lot of people speak and share already. But the point I want to turn to this morning is the original Jailhouse Rock. From Acts 16, verse 22, is the story of the original Jailhouse Rock. We know the, 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 the Elvis uh, rendition and Ed Sullivan, but this is the original one. In Acts chapter 16, verse 22, it says, The crowd joined in an attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a sudden violent earthquake that shook the foundations of the prison. At once, all the doors flew open to the prison and everyone's chains were loosed. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought his prisoners had escaped. Paul said, don't harm yourself. Everybody's still here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all in the house. That hour of the night, the jailer took them washed their wounds, and immediately he and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into the house, set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Well, there's the original jailhouse right there. And the importance of, of what I have already mentioned is something that you believe in strongly in this place, obviously. You believe in praise. You believe in worship. You believe in what that means, both publicly, collectively, and privately. There is a power that the Lord brings to our lives through praise and worship. Uh, your pastor is a man of praise. I told him today, I said, I'm sorry, pastor. I come this morning with a very positive message. If you're looking me to take a spiritual baseball bat and hit everybody, you got the wrong guy this morning. I believe that uh, Jesus is a very positive message for my life. That without Christ, I am lost and don't know where I'm going or what I'm really doing. But he gave me my opportunity to know what the real answer of life is. And it's been positive in my life ever since, even though I've gone through my trials and my tests. Recently, my, my daughter-in-law asked a favor of me. I was fortunate to have three great sons. When Debbie and I were raising our boys, we only had boys in the house. So I, I don't find it difficult at all to say no to my boys. I find it real difficult to say no to my daughter-in-laws. So I, don't, I suppose I do just about anything they ask. 
Anna asked me recently, my son's wife, to do a funeral, a funeral service for one of her best friends. Uh, one of her best friends and her husband had a baby born. Seven days after birth, the baby died. So Anna said, would you do the funeral for this couple? Uh, they don't know Christ. They're not believers, not really, you know, involved in a, in a believing lifestyle. But they've lost their seven-day-old baby, so the room will be filled with people that probably are not church people. And would you do the funeral? Well, that's an interesting thing to do. Interesting thing to stand up and to make a comment to people who are wondering why a seven-day-old baby would ever die, why a God of love would ever let that happen, all the circumstances surrounding that moment. And yet people are asking me to bring some truth. All I can say, folks, is this. I don't know why. I don't have the answer why. And in that moment, I don't know why. And to stop and try to figure out why in our life will be a loss of, of much hours and days and years as you, as you stop at the why and you want to know why. I don't know why. I don't know why great men of God who've given their life to Christ and tried to the very best of their ability to bring a positive message both to society and to the people that they have ministered or touched. They've never really gone out of their way to do anything criminal. They've really never done anything that they felt was wrong to, to, to warrant what they experienced. But regardless of the why, they're in jail, they're in prison, and they're there uh, unjustly, unduly, but they're there. And they could have sat all around and said, why? Why would this happen? Why are we, as, you know, pure men of God in this environment? Probably one of the worst environments in history that time. In a prison that is known in history as being a raw place. And they put them in the center of the prison. Uh, it's interesting, two, you know, fairly novice uh, pastors who couldn't hurt a flea. And yet they're told, guard these guys. Make sure you keep your eye on these guys. Put them in the center of the jail. Put them in stocks and bonds. We, we can't trust these guys. And in the midst of this, in the midst of this hour, midnight, the cursing, the swearing, the vileness, and they're there for no good reason. And they never ask why. Why is not the issue? They do what they know they need to do to make their life better, to make their environment better. I mean, can you imagine these two guys at midnight in this environment, in this jail, in this place of sin and, 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 and debauchery and just the evil of it all, and they're at midnight and they turn to each other and say, let's say. Let's say it doesn't seem like the thing to do at midnight in that environment, but they got nothing better to do. And rather than complain and rather than ask why and rather than do all of those things, they just say, you know what, let's sing. Let's just worship. Now, I'm sure they were aware that they didn't have a lot of participants. They looked around to the other people and realized we may be doing this alone. They began to sing. They began to praise. They began to glorify God. 
And they began to say, not why and not what if. They just said, he is the Lord. He is the Savior. He is worthy to be praised. And they begin to praise. I come today very quickly to tell you that praise is an amazing thing that all of us can do. And we make a choice every day on what kind of life we're going to live. There are certain people that decide not to live a life of praise, that decide to live a life of negativity, bitterness, anger, and they choose the pathway of their life and the fruit that will come of that. But I'm here to tell you, folks, it is a choice. And we need to come to grips with the fact that every day we'll make that choice. You can say, I'm not going to praise the Lord. I'm going to be a neutral. That's not true. You'll go out tomorrow morning wherever you go, and you carry with you a certain spirit and heart of your life, a certain message you live out every day. And I'm here to tell you, folks, the greatest thing you can do is live a life of praise. And praise is not a feeling. And praise is certainly not your circumstances. Praise is a choice. Praise is a grateful heart that enters into God's presence with singing and worship. Psalm 100 says in verse 4, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Praise God today regardless of what you're facing. It is a choice and we choose every day to enter his courts with thanksgiving. It's like the guy that got up on a Sunday morning and said to his wife, I'm not going to church today. She said, you got to go to church today. He said, I don't want to go to church today. I don't feel like going to church today. I had a bad week. Everybody's on my back complaining. I've listened to people all week. I'm taking today off. She said, you can't do this. He said, give me three good reasons why i got to go to church. Well, one, she said, is the children are all ready to go, and, and we need you to drive us to church. She said, number two is you're not being a good example to our family. Number three, you're the pastor, and you got the... <laughs> and you got the keys, and if anybody else is going to be able to worship you, we don't go. So, tell you, folks, all of us go through that moment where we just don't feel like we're going to do this today. Choice, folks, praise is a grateful heart entering into his presence, regardless of circumstances, regardless of situations. There is the sense, folks, that I still have a lot to thank him for this morning. I still have a lot to thank him for. <laughs> praise is a heavenly exchange. When I praise God, I'm not just talking to God, but many times in those moments, he'll talk to me. It is a heavenly exchange. It is not just me coming and, and entering into to idle words that go nowhere, but, but God hears my heart, and he says for his people to praise him. He says, praise me. If you don't praise me, the rocks will praise me because I need to be praised. But I'm here to tell you, in the environment of praise, when I come this morning and begin to worship the Lord or praise his name or, or enter into praise during my daytime schedule, there is a sense that I've opened up the door for God to speak to me. As many times when I praise him, he speaks to my heart. I'm giving him opportunity to communicate things with me in my spirit that I need to hear. So praise is a heavenly exchange. 
Praise prepares the heart for God to speak. One person told me, a pastor, well, I'll tell you who it was. It was your grandfather, I believe. Willie Fitch told me. A great evangelist of the past who preached and ministered in our fellowship in its beginnings told me, praise is the plow that goes before the seed. And people say, why do we have to sing so long? You ever hear anybody ever complain about that? I come to church, but I come 20 minutes late so they can get the singing over with. You ever hear someone say that? I've heard that many times. But why praise? Why do we praise? Well, praise prepares the heart. Praise gets our heart soil ready. When we praise today and we worship him, we settle in and begin to praise his name. And in doing that, we prepare the soil so that when the seed of the word comes, it'll fall on good ground. It's like a farmer goes and furrows the ground and plows the ground and gets it ready. Then when the seed comes, it takes root. So when we're here and we're praising the Lord, we begin to prepare our heart for the seed of the word of God. And then the word will take root in our heart. Prayers is our, praise is our speech's highest elevation. I never say anything greater than when I praise his name. How do I know that? Hebrews 13, 15 says, The fruit of our lips gives praise to God. Greatest thing I've ever said is in praise and worship to the King of kings and Lord of lords to speak. And you know what, folks? Even in general this, this morning, watch what you say. Words can be more hurtful than anything else. I'm interested in your vision statement. I've never heard a church ever have safety as one of their vision statement points. Safety. I hear all kinds of other spiritual stuff. Churches have some profound things they say in their vision. Safety. How many of you are glad this is a safe environment this morning? I think it's brilliant. People will come and be associated with your church. They'll feel safe. What we're facing in society, even in this past week or two, it's a very important thing that people be safe. That we make sure people are safe. Safe in our community, safe in our church, that they feel safe and protected. And there's that safety element that I thought was amazing when I read that. And you know what? I'm here to say that one of the most important things that we can do is be able to provide encouragement by what we say. There are so many children that are raised in a home of such conflict and anger and negative statements and things that are said, abusive comments by parents. Folks, let's watch what we say. What we say is so important. My boys, I try to raise them in an environment where they can do anything. I tell them, somebody's got to play in the NFL. It might as well be you. And everybody killed their dreams. Ah, you'll never do this. You'll never do that. Folks, it's an important thing, even beyond church life. Understand what we say what comes out of our mouth is a very important statement. And we need to be careful, guard our mouth, guard our comments, Guard our statements. I think it's wonderful we pray for our elected officials in our community. Bible says that we need to do that. Doesn't say if, if they're from the party I believe in. Doesn't say if I like the mayor. 
how he dresses, how he looks. Let's not go there. But anyway, think about it. He says, pray for them. Lift them up. Make sure that we're covering them with our prayers because they have very important responsibilities. And uh, they have in the, in, the, in, the, in the resources of their decision life-changing things they must do when we pray for them. Praise is a weapon against evil. Praise in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 21 and 22, it tells us that before Israel would go into a battle that they had to go into, before they went to face their enemies in battle, they would take the band and they would take the choir and they would put them out front and as they went into battle, they went into battle praising and worshiping God. Now, I don't think they did that because they felt, you know what, we could waste these band people. You know, they, we'll put them out front first. It doesn't really matter. We could lose them pretty quick. I don't think, I don't, that, that wasn't the purpose, I don't think. You know, musicians, they, we don't care anyway. Let's you know, get rid of them. Oh, I think it was because they went into battle praising God, worshiping his name, knowing it gives power and strength in your life and in your battles, and it's still that way, folks. I travel a lot of miles. I travel about 100,000 kilometers in a car a year. And uh, I travel a lot of places. People ask me, well, how far is it to Timmins? I say, seven CDs. Counted by CDs. How far is it to Sudbury? Only five. Only five. Because I'm in the car a lot by myself. What I choose to listen to in that car will make a difference even on my temperament, make a difference on my personality, and make a difference on how I feel. Here's a great time as I travel those miles to worship God, to praise his name, to put a CD in that encourages me to listen to positive stuff, to listen to stuff that encourages me, and to hang around with positive people. I'll tell you, folks, I've told my boys, who you hang with in high school is who you're going to become. And guys, you need to understand, the environment can be dictated by the choices we make, and we need to praise his name. We need to praise his name. <laughs> praise is a catalyst for evangelism. Psalm 40, verse 3 says, God will put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto God. Many will hear what I have to share and trust in the Lord. Can I say that uh, in this church, the greatest uh, promotion of your church to this community is the kind of person you are and how you live your life every day. Greatest promotion of this church to this community is not the building, not the facility, not the promotion in the newspaper, and not what you say you are. When it comes to it, folks, people will come to this church because they rub shoulders with someone in this church that has a genuine faith in God and is a great person, and they say, I want to go to your church. I had a man on my board in Brantford when I pastored there who had come from Georgia. He became the president of a Bluebird Bus Lines International, and he was living in our city, and he came to my church. And everybody, of course, was excited because Bill and Mary Beth were in our congregation, you know, because he, uh, you know, was a president of the corporation. Folks, you know, that the thing is, that the, the thing is that one day a lady drove into my driveway. She didn't know who I was really, but she came at my door. She said, my son, Danny, 
he works for your board member who's on your board, Bill. And Bill's the president. My son Danny works for him. He's a manager of one of the units in, in Bluebird. He's a supervisor. Danny is uh, under Bill's leadership. Danny loves Bill. He loves him. He wants to be like him. He wants to have a family like him. He wants to be a husband like him. Pastor Lori, you don't know me, but Danny works for Bill. And Bill's on your board. And she said, Danny just found out two days ago that he is full of cancer. And at 28 years old, he's going to die. He has two little boys. And Pastor Lori, you don't know me, but I'm so impressed that Danny loves his boss. And Danny knows that you're his pastor. And I want you, Pastor Lori, to feel that you can go and visit Danny. I went to Danny's house. Immediately, Dan and Cheryl let me in. Why? Because Bill Milby had paved the way. His life had spoken to his employee. And his employee wanted to have what Bill Marybeth had. And in those months that I was with Danny, I was able to share my faith. And Bill and I were able to share with Danny. Danny was able to prepare his heart for whatever he had to have to happen. And him and Cheryl made some decisions to be followers of Christ. Not because of this pastor, but because one of the men on my board had a reputation in the plant that he was the president of. And people responded to him, and it paved the way for someone to come to Christ and make a decision for Jesus. And the greatest thing that this church can do for this community is send people out every day into this community who love the Lord and care about people and live the life. Live the life. Let's not talk about it. We can sit here and talk about all kinds of religious statements that sound really great, but folks, it's, does it work? Does it work in my life? Does Jesus work in my life? Is it real? People don't know just by rubbing shoulders. God help us to not be the people in the plant that are the most negative that are in the plant, running around with negative uh, statements, trying to get the boss inspired, and try to stir up trouble. and try. You know what, folks, that we tell people, wouldn't you like to be a Christian? You know what they say? No, I don't want to be like you. I'm happy. I don't want what you got. But that they see that every day life flows through our lives, and we make a difference. Praise is catalyst for evangelism. Praise puts a God-side perspective on circumstances. I love the verse at Christmas where we use it many times, but it's a great verse. When Elizabeth wasn't sure just whether or not she could ever have the miracle of a child and the word said nothing is impossible with God. So whatever your circumstance is this morning, you could say, I don't feel like praising God. I don't feel like there's any reason to praise God. I'll tell you, whatever you're facing, folks, Nothing is impossible with God. It's a song that I uh, heard when I was first committed to, to walking with God. When I was 19, I made a decision to follow Christ. And this song meant a lot to me through so many difficult times in our life. If today seems as if a million years, and tonight your pillow's wet with your tears, and a load of guilt lays heavy on your brow, Get on your knees. Praise God anyhow. I praise God for his love. I praise God for his life. I praise God for the son who died for me. I praise God for the bad times. If I didn't know them, I'd never appreciate the good times. I praise God. I praise God anyhow. God will put in your heart faith as you praise and worship his name. Praise is a 
outlet to produce faith. It is an outlet that gives me the opportunity to express my faith. How many are glad to know that the truth will set you free? How many understand that if you know the truth, it'll set you free? And the devil loves to come and tell you all kinds of lies and tell you all kinds of scenarios that aren't going to work out. But I'm here to tell you, truth will set you free. A father passed by his son's bedroom one morning and was astonished to see that the boy's bed was made and everything in his room was picked up. How many would be shocked if your teenager was to do that? Then he saw an envelope propped up prominently on the center of the bed addressed Dad. The father opened the envelope and he read the letter. Dear Dad, it is with regret that I'm writing to you today. I have eloped with my new girlfriend. I didn't tell you personally because I wanted you to avoid a scene. You don't know Joan, but she's a great girl, Dad. Joan and I have a real passionate relationship. And I love her even with her piercings, her tattoos, and her tight biker clothes. Joan is pregnant, but Joan says we will be very happy together. Joan is much older than me, but she does own a nice trailer in the woods. And we will have a large stack of firewood for the winter. Joan has taught me that marijuana doesn't really hurt anyone. And we will be growing it and selling it to all our friends. In the meantime, we're praying that science will find a cure for AIDS so Joan can get better. Don't worry, Dad, I'm 15 years old. And I know how to take care of myself. Your son, John. P.S. Dad, none of the above is true. I'm over at our neighbor's house. Just want to remind you, Dad, that there are worse things in life than a bad report card. My report card is in the center of the desk drawer. Call me when it's safe to come home. <laughs> I'm really glad the truth will set you free, eh? Yes. You know, <laughs> once you know the truth, it's great relief to, to know the, the real story. Yeah. Praise, praise encompasses all of our life. Everything we do, everything we say. The Bible says, in everything give thanks and everything good things. So the bottom line here this morning is this church is known as a place of praise. Pastor is a great worshiper himself and leads us in praise. But it's more than music. It's more than just an hour in a service or half an hour or 20 minutes. It's more than Sunday. It's living this life of praise. It's knowing Christ personally and praising him with everything we have. Whether you feel like it or not, whether you understand why or not, I stood in front of that, that group, and I closed with this, that day at that funeral of that seven-day-old baby. And, and Anna had asked me to do this for two reasons. One is I'm her father-in-law, and she knew that I could handle it. And second of all, I shared with them that 32 years before, when my wife and I were just a young couple, our very first baby was born, beautiful baby girl. And three hours after her birth, she died in my arms. We placed her in a grave in Burlington and asked why. A young couple dedicated our life to ministry. We're just new and being pastors and went through this terrible tragedy. 
My wife thought she would never sing again. And in those moments, we have a decision. I can be at that moment stopped for the rest of my life. Get out of the ministry. Why don't I want to serve a God to do that to us? Ask the wise and never get the answers. Or I can say, I don't know why. But I know that if I have to go through this kind of stuff, and we all do, whether you're a good Christian or not, how many know, even if you're a Christian, you can have problems? Don't listen to the evangelists. Like, I'm the Jesus, and you'll never have another problem. How many know that isn't true? You come to Jesus, you might have more problems. I'm sorry to tell you, you don't come to Jesus for that reason. You come because he's the answer. You come because now you never have to walk alone. You come because always now you can walk through these things with your Savior. That's the name of the game. That's the gospel message. Because now I never have to walk alone. It isn't to come to Jesus and everything is hunky-dory. It, it, it can be a difficult hour for all of us, but I can't ask why. I will know why perhaps in eternity, but right now it isn't about why. It's about what. And I'm here to say, regardless, we make the choice to believe in Christ and praise his name. We praise him. We praise him. We glorify his name. Believing that God is with us. And if he is with us, who can be against us? So here's the message of the hour today. Let this church be a church of praise. Let our people be people of praise. Let us live out what it means to praise his holy name and to give him glory and praise. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you today. Thank you, Lord, for we took time and this great anniversary service to praise the Lord for what God has done in this church. Praise his name for 20 great years, not without issues, problems, or challenges. 30 years, Lord, since the church has been planted and lots of challenges. But, boy, we stand here today to praise your name, Lord, because with all of the things we face as a church, we praise you today for you have been faithful. For, Lord, you have glorified your name through this church and through its people. I pray this church will continue to be a lighthouse in this community. Not a closed-door clubhouse where just a few people come, but a lighthouse that opens its doors and reaches to this community and touches lives and ministers to hurting and broken people and holds up the hands and the arms of political people who have been elected and chosen to, to do this. And, and Lord, we, we glorify your name and we support people, Lord, with the blessing of God. And in this community, this is a positive church with a positive message for the broken, the hurting, the needy, and those that need support and care. Lord, let us be people of praise. Let this church be a church of praise. And let us always know, Lord, that we make that choice every day to praise your holy name. And Lord, you're worthy of our praise. It's not like you're not worthy. You're worthy of our praise. Who would we be today without you? Where would we be without you? We praise your name. We praise your name. You're sitting here this morning and you're going through a crisis. And I don't minimize that. I don't say, well, just buck up and think positive. I'm not saying that. I know it's hurtful sometimes. It's tough. It's not easy. But Jesus will help you through it. Just trust him and let him walk you through it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not minimizing that. Not saying that you shouldn't feel the pain or the heartache. Just saying, don't bail on him. The Lord is who's going to lead you through this. He's the one who's going to take you through this. How many this morning 
are facing a challenge, and just lift your hand where you're sitting. I'm not going to embarrass anyone. It just you're facing a challenge. It's not easy. Just Lord, you see the hands today. Jesus, you are the most gracious, loving, caring Father. God, just come today and encourage those that have lifted a hand to signify a need. Bless them today. Encourage them, Lord, but also let them know they're not alone. You are with them. You said that you would always be with them. You'd be with them through the flood. You'd be with them through the fire. You would be with them through, even if they come, the Bible says, to the brink of hell. You'll be with them. You'll never leave them. Never forsake us. God minister today to needs today. Lord, do miracles in lives today. You're still a miracle-working God. Nothing is impossible with you. And so, Lord, you still do miracles. So minister miracles today to people who sit with needs. Lord, may we offer to this community a message of hope. May we offer to these people living bread the opportunity for healing, wholeness, encouragement, forgiveness, strength, and a great future. Lord, may we be known as a people of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand and praise him for a moment? I think that'd be a good idea. I'm sure you got something that you can lead us in us. God bless you, Pastor. Great to be here. Thank you. God bless you. Shine your light forever and ever. Shine your light forever and ever. Shine your light. Shine your light in the world. Shine. Who? 
Amen, amen. God, we thank you that we can offer praise and thanksgiving for all that you have done for us. God, I thank you that we have direct access to you through your son, Jesus Christ. And so, God, I pray that as we move on from this moment, that every conversation may your name be on our lips. God, that this would be a place where of praise for you. God, that this would be a place where we use our words to be encouraging, to lift people up, and that you would be glorified. Father, we just thank you for this day and for your faithfulness to us here at Bradford Community Church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for coming. We do want to ask that if, if you can stay, that you do stay for our fellowship time. We're just going to quickly move a couple of chairs. Our ushers are going to get started, and we're going to have some tables up here, as well as some of our youth who are going to be helping us out by handing out some food. So if you, the youth can go and get ready to, to be told what to do, and then the ushers can get started.